Guess what, baby? We're back. Hello. Hello. It's uh, episode 99, or episode 1999, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Answer Credit Podcast. Um, Chip. Answer Credit. credit uh, sir. Well, you know. Answer Credit it's, whatever it is. It's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it's uh, of the Answer uh, Credit whatever you want it to it's be. It's the Answer Credit show available on the podcasts app on your iPhone. I liked when sure is. it was called uh, briefly by you one time, the Answer Credit Broadcast. The Answer Credit Broadcast is the best thing to call it. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think anyway. we should call it the Answer Credit Broadcast. Well, it's the 99th one of these. Uh, 99th. Technically, it might be the 100th. I think we might have had one. No, it is It is the 99th. I checked. Okay. I checked. We're solid. So the next ep is the episode 100 special. Okay. Which uh, yeah. hopefully we'll have some kind of structure worked out. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers. Uh, I'm Frank Spaulding. I'm Brandon Sheffield. Yeah, so that's three of us. Uh, if you were expecting more... Too bad. Sorry. Too um, bad. So... I guess I can start with just saying the thing I was going to say. You're talking sure. about the PSX and N64 yeah. quality graphics and all that. Today, I was, for some reason, okay, I can tell what what's what spiked that what sparked this or spiked this off. Are you setting up a timer? What mm-hmm. spikes the spark? Just stop, watch it. Just, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Just, uh, yeah, so I saw a Teddy Diefenbach, artist of uh, uh, Hyper Light Drifter, yeah. which is a cool game. Um, he had t- put on Facebook... Tell me your favorite RPG towns, uh, you know? Uh, like, I'm doing research for Hyperlight Drifters Towns, and it's like, I was like, I, I went in there, and I look, I go up on VG Maps, and I start looking up RPG towns. And very just, good maps. Very good maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or uh, video game maps is what they want it to stand for. But That's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, it's That's, not really it is, they're always all, up to the yeah. creators well, how, how their work is interpreted, mm-hmm. unfortunately. The problem is the standard is too high yeah. that people can't call it video game maps. It's got to be very good maps. Very good maps. They should take it as a compliment, but they're very angry. Um, Did you guys know that for years I thought Madman's Cafe was Mega Man Cafe? No, that's yeah. fine. I would I would drink at Mega Man Cafe out of a, an energy tank, energy tank. cup. Yeah, um, but now they make this. Anyway, keep going. Frank's got one. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> wahoo! Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I went onto VG Maps and I I popped open a bunch of maps of all my favorite towns and RPGs and I was like, yeah. And I started typing a response to him on Facebook and I just couldn't get past one uh, like. One line without calling him a noob or a jerk. So mm. if you're watching, I'm sorry. I, I ended up not posting a comment. I was like, "Play Landstalker, you noob!" And I linked him to a uh, uh, the city of Mercator. You know, I'll, and then I, then eventually, by the end, I was like furiously angry that nobody knows all of these awesome RPG towns I knew. Uh, and uh, I was like, I should write something about my favorite RPG towns, and maybe I will because there's something I value in a town. Anyway. What I discovered while I was doing this was that there were some really, really good RPGs mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. Okay? And, uh, Man, I thought we were going to talk about RPG Towns for a minute. No, oh, well, Turns we... Turns out we're going to talk about something else. We can Let's talk... Let's find out what it is. It's, yeah, yeah. So, well, no, in looking at all of these maps, I was like, man... They're all so good. Yeah. But then you get to a 3D RPG, and the town's kind of weird. Oh, yeah, the maps, the, the maps are weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, there are some spectacular 3D RPG maps. We can talk about those some other time. But uh, what I noticed was I really love Wild Arms. Mm-hmm. Wild Arms looks fantastic. It's like this perfectly confident 60 FPS Super Nintendo game on a PlayStation. And then there's Alundra, which is also this beautiful game. That runs in 60 FPS and that's just beautiful pixel art. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those games came out before Final Fantasy VII. So right, we one, got towns and FPS. Yeah, so frames per second, uh, not mm-hmm. not first person shooters. That there oh, were not yeah. there were not 60 first person shooters. Man, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, wow yeah. Brandon doesn't think about FPS. I don't think about this. So then, Wild Arms Two is this chunky, floppy, balloony 3D. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. And Alundra 2 is this... I mean, I love both Alundra 2 and Wild Arms 2, but Alundra 2 is, like, amazingly choppy, floppy, balloon animally, chunky, 3D. Yeah. Uh, and that's, as, that's a direct response to uh, Final Fantasy VII. And 
there were just a whole bunch of games there that were in 3D that were all all bad and weird. Yeah. And there was just this growing period. Uh, But we've talked about low polygon stuff before. I like that stuff. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. uh, What's the question? It it is. Three and a half minutes into this question. No, no. This is is a new idea here. uh, Uh, This is, I'm just telling you, my deep video game moments of the day. I'm sitting there and I'm going... I loved those high-resolution Super Nintendo I tell you what, games. I got some stuff to say about it. Yeah, yeah, see? Because, uh... What have you got? Because I... That's the idea. I remember right. I thinking... Like I got one of those later. I remember yeah. thinking, uh, when I was... Like, the Saturn and the PlayStation were becoming a thing, I was thinking to myself, why are they ruining video games mm-hmm. with 3D? Because they have this beautiful, amazing art, and I feel like there's more they can do with it. And then they're just turning it into this mud bath of, uh, of, of, of nothingness, where it's like all the artistry was briefly kind of gone. Yeah. Like Me- Mega Man Legends, it's great. It looks awesome. But it took a long time for people to figure out how to have a style in 3D other than just yeah. you know, Battlerina Toshined in it until it, was, uh, uh, until it looked like something that people would say was wicked sweet in Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't remember if that's how the kids talked at that particular time, but they might have did. So, yeah, that it was, was... a couple years before they said tight. Tight was like 1998. Yeah, I think so. Sweet was... So, you know, I think then. games like Wild Arms and... Uh, Wild Arms looks so good. Shining Force 3 were an excellent example because... Of, of like, the, the weird conflicts there, because they all had 3D battles that looked fine... Not really good. Not it's, really good. Wild Arms' battles were originally supposed to just be uh, front view, Lufia style, you know, the little cross-shaped menu. Yeah. And you're just seeing the enemies. And then they saw one trailer of Final Fantasy VII and freaked out. Yeah, they're like, uh-oh. Well, they, didn't, know, they didn't see a trailer. They, like, they knew it was coming and they yeah. got ready for it. All that said, there's something about the abstraction of really simple 3D like Star Fox that, that is more convincingly 3D to me sometimes. Yes. Oh yeah, no sure, but but we're talking about stuff where they they hadn't even figured out how to use the camera yeah. yet. Yeah, and you know for Star Fox it was fine because they had a straight follow camera and you couldn't get stuck on stuff, really. Uh, yeah, but um, in these things they were like f- fixed camera because they didn't know what else to do with it. Yeah, and just like instead of nice two D graphics, you got crap three D graphics. Good. I remember weird back and forth arguing in game fan reviews of all places about how 2D is the true, uh, the true video games and 3D is a fad and it's like some people were pro 3D, some people were anti 3D. I remember not taking a side at that time and now it's like I was looking at Alundra maps today and it was like man that game was gorgeous and it was looked perfect. You probably should have taken a side in the war. Yeah. Maybe they would have won. Well, I was a 14-year-old kid when that war started, when, like, 93, 94 That's or a perfect time to be a soldier. Yeah, yeah it's the war, exactly. it war for the wallets. So, so I remember seeing just... the. I, I read the IGN forums back then, and any RPG that wasn't Final Fantasy VII was just blasted, just blown out of the water, and being called terrible, terrible, hateful slurs and names and just hate language being spewed about anything that wasn't Final Fantasy VII. Silly Code and Wild Arms. Beyond the Beyond was the first RPG released on the PlayStation, but Final Fantasy VII had already been announced. Beyond the Beyond is great. It's a nice little dumb Super Nintendo game on your PlayStation. Yeah, I never did play it. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little game to just dink around in. You know, it's, it's a decent RPG. But yeah, so that's... I was thinking about that today, and I'm like, man, people ruin stuff. Kids wanted 3D. Everybody, Final Fantasy ruined everything for a couple of years. The okay. end. But man, I was just playing. I was playing Final Fantasy on on the train. Uh, this, I'll you, I'll I'll start my first question after this, so okay. we can. Uh, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I was playing Final Fantasy VII on the plane to the Asia. Yeah. Be- because I on your know, Vita. On my Vita. So I was just you know uh, wanted to revisit it and see what's up and. That game's got really good pacing and it feels really nice and all yeah. that stuff. So, uh, <clears throat> it ruined it not because it was bad, but because nobody else knew how to deal with the fact that it existed. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people thought the chunky, nasty 3D was uh, like a necessity. But yeah, 
They should have thought a little bit more about story stuff. Maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, my question, uh, first question, is related to... I, I was looking again at that that eggplant thing in Spelunky, mm-hmm. um, where the, the internet had to figure mm-hmm. out how to defeat yeah. this crazy challenge. And it was a really cool kind of story... Uh, both on the development side where they decided to put this crazy thing in there uh, or several crazy a lot of crazy things in there some of which were just people trying to do stuff on their own mm-hmm. but like uh, oh sorry on the consumer side on the player side some of it was just people trying to do stuff on their own but there was a there were a lot of actual secrets in there that were super hidden stayed hidden for a long time and so I want to know what your favorite Secrets and by secrets I mean hidden things that you have to find that are very hard to find. What are your favorite ones of those? Because man, I sure do like them, Ooh. and I have a hard time sometimes uh, getting them myself, <laughs> like without assistance. But you know, it's yeah. it's cool when you find a thing. Like um, there's a secret room in this man. This is incredibly obscure. I'm sorry, but in that Highlander, the video game. For the Jaguar CD. I'm nice. <laughs> the, I know that game. There's a if you've got the rubber chicken, which is the best weapon in the game, and goes boing every time you swing it. It's God. That game is not very good, but I sure did play it, um, and I kind of like it. It's really creepy and strange. But anyway, there's a there's like a room where you can see all the developers' faces, and boy, do they look like a bunch of nerd dudes and ladies hanging out. In a D and D cave, uh, which is fine, but um, they're they're real pictures of them, and it's uh, boy, that's something. But it, I actually found that one, and that was pretty cool because uh, it's just this place that you shouldn't be able to get to, and there it is. You found that entirely by yourself without knowing about it. I th- I remember that I did, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> I remember finding that on my own, but it's entirely possible that that I looked it up. But anyway, more there there are additional examples. I am sure if y'all yeah. can think of some. Well, like uh, I've never actually seen this one. I've only had this one described to me by the uh, game's designer, and you know this one. This is uh, Will Harvey's The Immortal uh, had an Easter egg uh, that was really complicated to get to. Um, so you had to. Uh, at one point find this very difficult to find pot of coffee which is not a thing that should exist in this world and it's very well hidden mm-hmm. uh, oh right yeah and know to keep it and not drink it and then there's a room that you have to get past that has like and, and I'm just describing this off memory again I've never done it I think it has like eight holes in it and there's one specific one you have to drop down and if you do drop down it uh, there's a door behind you that you can sort of exit out and go back to the game in or you can start walking down this hallway that repeats for like 10 minutes or something and like as soon as you turn around the door's right behind you so you have to really try to go down that hallway and at the end of the hallway you meet the development team of the game and uh one of them kills you if you don't have the coffee and if you do have the coffee you get a cool weapon nice that's that's my favorite very very obtuse easter egg uh my favorite one that I tried to do but we ran out of time was uh uh, my Sharknado game on iPhone. We were, the, the levels repeat after level 11. That's a, that's a secret uh, that I'm broadcasting for the first time ever for the secret. 10 people who bought it. For the um, hard, they're probably all watching. But uh, the, the number keeps going up. And uh, I had a kill screen designed at 256 where the game would break and the graphics would freak out and uh, your game would crash. So that would have been a good one. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. Having the game actually crash is pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like I've had too many ideas for cool things, uh, Easter egg things, that I've never actually seen ones like them. I don't know. I don't know about Easter eggs in games, man. Well, it's I not, just don't know too not, much. It's, it's not really Easter eggs. It's like hidden... Hidden, obscure, weird things. Well, I will say really quickly that just this week, I think, or maybe last week, someone found an unused song in the Donkey Kong arcade ROM. Right, yeah. Oh, really baby. Cool. And That's voices amazing. as well, yeah. I believe. Yep. Is it like is it is it Mario going hello? Is it Mario going it's me? I it's hate you. So me. there's one that uh, I I know a whole lot of these uh, 
what bothers me a lot is little tiny unfinished parts of games that are like clearly I mean they're not even like sequestered in a different part like they're not even in like places that you can't get to they're like places you can get to and then looking at it and thinking I bet something was supposed to go there oh yeah uh, I can think of two of those off the top one, of my I head right now. Already, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's one that has bothered... I'll just say the one that has bothered me for 20 years now, uh, especially today as I was looking at Landstalker maps. Uh, there's the hidden fairy village in Landstalker, yeah. where you met, you can get there through a side road in a forest thing, and once you get there, your fairy pops out. She's a wood nymph, not a fairy, as she tells you multiple times. Uh, and she's like... Oh, this is my village. This is where I'm from. Hi, guys. And there's a whole bunch of fairies just sitting up at tiny entrances to tiny caves. And it's just an L-shaped hallway that you walk down. And you can't talk to any of the fairies. And there's nothing in there. And it's like, what was supposed to be in there? Mm, yeah. There, was, there had to have been something in there. And that's my story. I got two real quick ones of those since, we're, uh, since we went down that road. Yeah. Uh, one is Syl- in Sylvan Tale for the Game Gear. There is a door that leads to nowhere that was supposed to go somewhere and didn't because they ran out of time. That's uh, and the other one is basically the same exact thing. Which, but I know what it is, and I think I've mentioned it on here before. In fact, uh, in Phantom Dust, there is a door that people talk about and talk about how you could potentially go through that door. And it, the door is like separate polygons. It's not part of the same flat texture or something. Um, and I asked the director, um, Futatsuki, what if something was supposed to be down there? And he was like, yeah, that's how you were supposed to get to the second half of the town. But um, we ran out of money, and so you can't do it, and it's not there. That's just horrifying. Yeah, it's so sad because I I had always wanted more from that, more things in that game, and it it, it and that door still exists, uh, making me feel like stuff could be there, but it isn't. Um, oh, did you have another one? No. Okay. Um, I, uh, I I broke King's Quest Six by doing something that obviously should have been in the game but wasn't. Nice. Um, so there's a. Uh, the, the plot involves the uh, the vizier uh, trying to marry the princess against her will. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of those. Yeah. And uh, like Aladdin. Yeah. And there's that didn't this... happen in Aladdin, right? Jafar. Yeah. Jafar was yeah. trying to marry her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jafar um, wanted a yeah. So there's a shape shifting guy that's obviously uh, uh, posing as the princess, marrying the vizier in front of people while the princess is captured and. And you can get to the room, you can get into the reception as it's happening. Now, the shape-shifting guy, he was nuts for mint. You give him mint, and he'd go crazy. He'd be like, ooh, mint, ha, ha, Like, he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't resist mint. Good. And I had some mint. So, uh, I walk up to him, and they're trying to get married, and I'm like, I know how to out this guy. I'm going to give him mint. He's going to freak out as the princess. So, I handed him mint. And there was a spoken line. Uh, uh, sir, uh, whatever his name is, Alexander's like, Perhaps as perhaps her highness would like some mint, and then the game crashes with an error message saying you did something we didn't think of. <laughs> it's like, wow, that obviously Whoa. should have been something, and they did think it was something because they recorded a line, but they never quite finished it. That's pretty interesting. And That's then, terrifying. And then also there was a hidden switch under some water in Sonic Three that I tried forever to get to, and then uh, I debugged my way down there one day, and it leads to nothing. To, Switch to an area that doesn't exist, much like your example. I like that. That's yeah. terrifying. I don't know. I don't know if I like it, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, in Dungeon Explorer, this this kind of fills almost both. No, not exactly. It's more the former. Uh, in Dungeon Explorer, there is a code that uh, lets you walk through walls. Mm-hmm. But they put it in there, so they knew that that was a thing that you could do. It's not an accident that that was there. It was just yeah. a, a secret hidden code. And so you're not supposed to be able to get back in to talk to the king who sent you on your quest. Um, if, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember the exact result. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and do talk to him, because you can now walk through walls and all your obstacles are gone, and yeah. so you can just get around the guys blocking the doors... 
the king says some weird stuff to you about how you did a thing that you weren't supposed to do and then possibly kills you and resets the game, but I don't remember if that's Which true. game is this? Dungeon Explorer for the TurboGrafx. Okay, there was a very similar thing in Fantasy <coughs> Star 3. You guys know about this one? No. Okay, so in Fantasy Star 3, um, as part of the plot right at the beginning of the game, uh, I think you're blamed for a murder or something, and you're, and you're locked in the dungeon of, of the castle. <laughs> And you're supposed to sort of wait, and someone comes up and frees you, and that's the start of your adventure. Um, but there's an item in the Fantasy Star games called the Escape Pipe that lets you escape dungeons. Mm. Yeah. And um, if you, at the beginning of the game, go to the shop, take off all of your clothes, sell them. Oh, man. You awesome. can buy an Escape Pipe. <laughs> Super good. So as soon as you get locked <clears throat> in the dungeon, you can escape. And uh, go back to the castle where you were just locked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people have really broken lines. Some of them say nothing. And then if you get to the king, the king has a scripted line where he's like, "Well, you really shouldn't have done that. You uh, you just broke the game." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's just like, "You're stuck here forever. I'm sorry." That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to try that. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess QA the... found that one. Yeah. Would you like? Have, is there like a video of someone doing that on YouTube? Probably. Yeah. God, I want to see that. I mean, I would just do, I'll it. Just do it myself. Yeah, I've probably got it on this PlayStation somewhere. Yeah, it's probably somewhere. Um, right, should we move on? So I guess I guess yeah, we can move, move on. on. But uh, wait, I wanted to say one more thing. Okay. Uh, in terms of weird stuff, if you have not seen the breaking Final Fantasy VI, uh, oh yeah, archive where someone glitches every possible glitch in Final Fantasy VI, like including a whole bunch of loopholes that you can use to literally destroy the cartridge. Wow! Uh, if you've played through that game and you haven't read that, uh, look it up. It will just it'll tear your brain apart. Yeah, like there's, there's breaking Final of, Fantasy VI. A lot of fun stuff. You get like two tears sometimes when you're supposed to have yeah. zero of them. The more you've played the game, the weirder, the more weirded out you'd be reading it. It's pretty cool. So yeah, it it almost killed me. So it rules. All right, we got a little game. We're gonna <laughs> play now. Oh, I'm ready for this. I love this game. one. I'll PG. Okay. So we have in the past uh, poked a little fun at the the uh, the format of the Polygon review headline. Yes, Do you remember the yes. format? Yes, I don't. Okay, so okay. well, we can do the Last of Us. Yeah, so that was, this is my example. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So uh, we were the, talking the, the about headline this. for the Last of Us review is review uh, the Last of Us review colon dead inside. Yeah. Uh, so they take a two or three word. Or sometimes one. Sometimes one word. But it always is a cliched, like, sub-uncle cliché, mm-hmm. right? Sub-uncle. So it's sub-uncle. always... Sub-uncle. sub-uncle. Isn't that sub- a nephew? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> they always take some, some, nep- some nephew-ish cliché and throw it in there. And or sometimes nephewless. That's sometimes the word. Some nephewless cliché. Nephewless cliché. <laughs> and it's just... It, it's, it's never clever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Never. It's really bizarre <laughs> like, how not it's it's like an actionbutton.net bottom line but terrible. Yeah. An actionbutton.net bottom line, for example, Drive Club is It's a line that might have come out of uh yeah. man come, come out, out of, of a bottom. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so my action button, here's a bonus for listeners, actionbutton.net bottom line for Drive Club. Drive Club is Mario Kart for hot accountants. And see, that's there what the headlines would be. But that's, these, yeah, sort of what it should be. these headlines have sort of nonsensical, uh, uh, whatever you want to call the, the, the post-colon uh, bottom spew. And so, and then it, it has to be, yeah, the it has to be like the something review because it's the definitive review for yes. them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. The Last so, of Us review. The Madden 94 review. So I went through the... Uh, Hold on to your balls. No, that's too funny. I went through the... T- yeah, that's it's not too that funny. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah no, the Madden review would be uh, uh, foul ball. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All Something right. like that, yeah. yeah. Or like or, or, uh, dropping the ball. Extra point. Something like A that. A super bowl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, it's just... It's, it's insane. I'm going right? to name a title. So it's okay. like it's like Normcore. Version of no, the game. even Here's worse. The game. I'm gonna name a title. Sorry. I'm gonna name a game title. I'm gonna give you guys three choices. You gotta try to match it to the game title for what, what the Polygon hat. All right, all right, okay. let's do it. Okay. Um, I'm really. I'm excited gonna have about you collaborate, this. and we'll have a final score at the end. All, all right. right, all right, all right. Number one, the Banner Saga. Okay, oh, it's yeah. about Vikings. The Banner Saga review, Moonrise Kingdom. 
The Banner Saga Review, Blood and Thunder. The Banner Saga Review, Planet Caravan. Well, it's not Planet Caravan. I say Blood and Thunder. Blood and Thunder, sure. Yeah? Okay, you're yeah. wrong. It's Planet Caravan. What? Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> okay. Oh, I love this so far. Uh, it's going well. God, these right. guys. They're good at it. Number two, God. Shovel Knight Review, Above and Beyond. Oh, God. Shovel Knight Review, Rewrite History. Shovel Knight Review, Life of the Party. What? <laughs> what? Whoa! Why? Why are any of those the thing? Want me to repeat them? Oh, because yes. you know why? You know why? What? Because it ties into their uh, their text, yeah. to the text of the review. They mention it somewhere in there. There. Have you read a Polygon review? Oh, you know. You know what? I have. I'm, I'm being perfectly honest about everything on the internet lately. I'm going to tell you, Polygon reviews are like eating an enormous dry beach towel. Yeah. There you go. They're they're terrible. They're like the worst video it's, game reviews. Especially I've ever with read. the enormous part. All right, yeah. so Shovel Knight, big. Above Enormous, and Beyond. Yeah, you're eating a big beach towel. Above and Beyond, Rewrite History, or Life of the Party. Rewrite History can't be, uh, but judging by the can't be equals I, is. I feel like it could be rewriting history because it looks old, but it is new. Mm-hmm. Right? That's I, what I'm saying. Uh, that's that's yeah. my justification. Is that your final life of, Wait, what, Life of the Party, uh, it's not the life of the... Are you undead in the game? Maybe you're undead. Maybe there's undead Mountain monsters. Party. Nah. What's the other one? Above I forgot. And beyond. Above and beyond. Maybe they did. They made a retro job. game, but they 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 went real far. They made it an idealized retro game of our dreams. I think it's, I think it's the one that we said. I think it's old as new or whatever. Oh, and also also <laughs> Way Forward. Who some some of the employees of Way Forward formed this lot, yacht club games that made uh uh that made Shovel Knight. Um, they did DuckTales. I think imagining the connections is a little more fun than just the straight-up answer. They made the DuckTales remaster, Ooh. which the, the theme song is, you might uh, solve a mystery or, or rewrite, rewrite history. history. Sure. So it's rewrite history. Brandon? They DuckTales on the brain. Uh, and I'm also going to point out that Shovel Knight is a game where you bounce on your shovel, much like Scrooge McDuck, and yes. the answer is rewrite history. Very we good. did it. Good. Number three. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to say, sorry, I just wanted to say as an aside, like the thing about how it must relate to something in the text that they wrote, it reminds me of having to go to traffic school, online traffic school, like when you have a traffic violation. Yeah. And they make you write, read a whole big thing of text, and then they, but then they make you pay attention to a non-sequitorial thing that was in there, like... My kid went to soccer practice, but the rest of it is about rules. Yeah, and uh, and you have to remember that part. That's what these headlines <laughs> are to me. Okay. I'm loving it like McDonald's. All so right, let's, let's keep going. Dark Souls Two. Uh oh. Die and die again. That happens a lot. Not the end, or heaven and hell. What? Dark Souls Two review. Die and die again. Yeah. Dark Souls Two review. Not the end. Dark Souls 2 review, Heaven and Hell. Man, did someone so, play Guilty Gear right before this and then they wanted to do, put Heaven and Is there a Guilty Gear there? connection? I don't think so. So that implies that parts of the game are fun and parts of them are not. Yeah, well, maybe maybe like through, through playing the game, which is Hell, you reach Nirvana because you've gotten good at it and you're enjoying yourself. Because oh, that's what people think. No phones. Oh, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, what, that's not a, that's not true at all. You're looking well, right at it. I mean, I'm not looking up anything on the internet. Don't <laughs> worry. True, but the thing that you not, said <laughs> was I'm not looking at my phone, well, which I'm is not, a falsehood. Well, what I'm saying is I'm not looking up anything. I knew what you intended to say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he said no phones, where he could have been saying what he really meant to say was no looking this up on Man, the internet. Man, don't, don't, don't so pass I'm re- the buck. I'm replacing the words that he didn't use with the word that <laughs> he did. Die and die again. Nice retro End or heaven and hell. It's not the end. It's not. I don't think it's not. You think it's not the end? Yes. Why? Because it's the worst. Because it's one. the worst one. Because okay. it's the worst one, and I've met the people who write the reviews. Cause, that they're terrible. Because die and die again is the. One I mean, that no, makes no the offense to them if, if you're watching, which you're probably not. Die and die again makes the most sense. So we have yeah. a consensus, or is there a split opinion? Die and die again sounds like something they'd use for super time force. All right, I want to test this theory of the worst one being correct. And so that means uh, it's not the end because there's going to the be end. DLC. Not the end is your final answer. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. That is correct. <laughs> there you go. It's the worst one. They All would right. pick the worst one because 
they don't want to be too obvious, I guess, because people make fun of their review yeah. lines all the time. Now, there's going to be some repeats in the choices because that's that's okay. all of these are real. All right. I didn't make it. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Oh, Bayonetta man. 2. Okay. Tuanetta. Shell Game. Bay Tuanetta. Bayonetta 2. Life of the Party. Oh, God. Bayonetta 2. Heaven and Hell. Um, Heaven and Hell makes the most sense. Right? I have to be exempt from this because I read their Bayonetta 2. Right oh, now. no. I do you keep it. getting distracted by those lights outside? Yes, yes, I do yes. Too. they're having a. They're I, I live party. across the street from a. I can briefly describe. I live across the street from a school for uh, children with learning disabilities, and they have a talent show just about every three or four weeks. And uh, not implying any connection between those. So that's. that's I think. It. I think that they're they all, are determining right now who is the life of the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's like some kind of a. Uh, disco ball situation that just keeps like flashing in the corner of our eyeballs. So I read the Bayonetta 2 review right. on Polygon because okay. uh, it Life was... Life of the Party, Shell Game, or Heaven and Hell? Well, Heaven and Hell makes the most sense. Shell Game's the worst. And... Shell Game. Life of the Party is nonsense. So, worst or nonsense? I'm not sure. I would call Mario Kart 8 Shell Game. Yeah. I would call it I don't know what I would call it. I was going to call it Red Shell Game, but I don't like that anymore because it's too obvious. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Mario Kart. Oh, God. This is hard to to decide on my own, but I'm going to say maybe for this one, whoever wrote it liked... No. No, they they were mad at it, weren't they? Like someone. Yeah, there was a controversy about it. That's the only reason I read it. They were mad at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it. I, I skimmed it. it because so, God, you can't read that. Since stuff. they were like mad at sand. it, I think it's the shell game. Uh, no, it was heaven and hell. Oh yeah. man, that was my first choice because that was the one that would make sense. That was why I all right skipped number that one five. For... We're halfway through Monument Sorry. Valley. Oh. Monument Valley. Uh, Wait, oh, that's the iOS thing. Yes, yeah. Monument Valley. The IRS thing. Monument the Valley review. IRS, IOS. My buddy. Monument Valley review. Shell game. <laughs> Monument Valley review. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom's got Cause it's Because it's cute and small, and a lot of people in Austin, Texas liked it. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, they don't want to disappoint Austin, Texas. Yeah, that goddamn town. Nobody wants to get that stuff mad at you. All yeah. right. Uh, Mario Kart 8. Talk Show about the Andy Illuminati. Yeah, Show Mario Kart 8's got to be. What were the, the, the other choices? Pocket Is... Monsters. Oh, God. Life of the Party. Oh, it could oh. be Life of the Party. Could be Life of the Party. Oh, no. But I bet it's Shell Game. So the, uh, my reason for saying it's Shell Game is uh, you can tie it in because it's got shells in it. Yeah. And because I'll be god darned if you can actually predict when you're going to win in Mario Kart 8 because I have had more one inch from the finish line first place with two laps on the person in last place like eighth place finishes uh, because mm-hmm. of all the crap. You'll just get hit with everything right at the end. So. Yeah. I guess somebody sort of clever might have written that and tied it yeah, in. Yeah, I think that's that actually is an uncle joke. Uh, yeah. So some some like that was a top tier effort. So yeah, I th- it seems I think like it's a decent one. It is indeed shell game. Yeah. Very good. Oh, excellent. Titanfall. Titanfall. Titanfall review. Die and die again. Okay. Titanfall. Titanfall review. Titanfall. Above and below. Oh. Titanfall review. My buddy. Oh no! Because these are all good. Because you die a lot, because it's a online only FPS. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, you have a goddamn giant robot. That's your goddamn buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and above and below, the above, Titans are above you. Above you, and yeah. they fall down to below. And also, and you, you're below all the time. Yeah. And, and, well, if you're in the Titan, you're above the people who are on the ground. It's a true. And then if you're on the roofs, you're above mm-hmm. the people who are in the Titans. Fact. Uh, it's nice, closed up, nice, happy little game design. Uh, I'm just gonna say all of them. I uh, can't say <laughs> They did three reviews. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah, I think. No, I think, what, what, no I think wait, wait. What, right. what's, the, what's the worst one? The worst one. The Die and Die Again's got to be some sort of die and die indie again. platformer or whatever. Yeah. Like. Rogue, uh, Rogue Legacy or whatever. That sounds like Die and Die Again to Rogue Legacy. And not all the Polygon writers are terrible. I mean, I just want to say that. Uh, never. I mean, Justin McElroy or McElroy wrote a like bunch of reviews. They're fantastic. Me. His his one for the Star Trek review was pretty good. He, yeah. he reviewed the Star Trek review. Yeah, he reviewed. Well, his well, that's his a weird one, thing to do. Look, like a stage I show? said I said his review titles are pretty good. His one for the Star Trek review you was didn't good. Say that is that. exactly what I said. I'm gonna check the tape. Yeah, check the tape. Go for it. I, his his line for the Star Trek review is pretty good. Uh, 
So that was actually a good one. But yeah. Titanfall, um, Love and Blow, Die and Die Again, My Buddy. I think it's My Buddy. I think it's My Buddy because you, you got a buddy. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Nice. You do have a buddy. It's a Titan. It's a big buddy. My buddy and me. You can make him do stuff. Super Smash Brothers 3DS. Die and Die Again. No. Die and Die Again. Oh. Uh-oh. Life of the Party. Yeah. Pocket Monsters. Pocket Monsters. Uh, I think it might be Life of the Party. Well, Pocket Monsters because you got a lot of stuff in there. But they're not monsters. And if, it's like, there are some, and I mean, what size jeans uh, of a pocket is a Nintendo 3DS fitting in? Was it like cargo pants pockets? It, well, Do, did did the you're, person you're who reviewed about it 3DS XL because the regular one I could actually fit in my back pocket. My pants oh, right. are not so big. Oh, who's gonna play it on a 3DS XL or non XL? Who's gonna play a Noxel? Man, <laughs> speaking of just as a tiny aside, this is all I'm gonna say on the subject. That Smash Bros on 3DS. I can't even look at it. I looked at the screen. It's just the art is so jumbly. I can't look at it. Anyway, um, it's probably die and die again. I think because that doesn't. That just seems like nonsense. Life of the party. It's a party because all your friends are there. Yeah. So I would be able to split. Both all your no. I would say life of the party. I think it's life of the party. I'm going to say life of the party. Wrong. It is pocket monsters. Oh. Why? God. Why is it that? Because it's a whole because bunch of stuff in your pocket. Oh, okay. God. Number you put, nine. I, there's only two more. Number nine, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Okay. Uh-oh. Is it Life Head Games? Oh. Why would it be? Pen and Paper. Okay. Or Blood and Thunder. Oh, God. It's not Blood and Thunder. I think it's an RPG and it could be Pen and Paper. Yeah, because it's an RPG that's like about kids' fantasy role-playing. I think it could be that. I think it's that. Tim? I'd say Pen and Paper, yeah. You are correct. Pen and Paper. Nice. That is also Finally. an expression you could find on a... Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Review. Head Games. Oh. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Review. Soft Candy. What? Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Review. Blood and Thunder. I feel like it's gotta be Soft Candy, because I don't understand why it would be that. It's Blood and Thunder. Because Raiden is... Means uh, thunder, yeah, and he has all these lightning attacks. Oh, that, that was my first choice. And there's a ton of blood. That was my first choice, but I feel like it's got to be soft candy. So what the hell does that mean? Yeah, what what in God's name does that mean? I'm gonna say blood and thunder. Blood and thunder. I'm gonna say soft candy. We got a split vote. Okay, well I'm gonna give you the uh, the positive. Then it was blood and thunder. All right. All right. What's our final score here? One, two. Well, I kind of want to know what die and die again is, but don't tell Seven us. out of ten. Not bad, Joe. IGN. Hey, we did it. In other words, we've proven IGN is the winner. We IGN Seven it. out of ten. <laughs> IGN it. Very good. We might revisit that in the future. How ignominious. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. All right, Tim, you got something for us? Uh, We're about halfway through the podcast at this point. That this is good. This is good. So, it is our 99th episode. Recently, re- Previously, we did some uh, episodes where we did a long taco. On what are the best games of 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. Uh, instead of trying to make a big list, yeah. let's just talk about 1999. What did you do in 1999 with video games? Off the top of your head, delve into your experience. What was 1999 for you? I was busy graduating from goddamn high school. Mm-hmm. Nice. At the time, pretty sweet. I uh, was in college. <laughs> totally graduated. Pretty cool. Um, but I, man, there was a lot of stuff that went down for me in 1999 on account of what I got, uh, Dreamcast in 1998. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got the Japanese one? I got the Japanese one in October 1998, and I, or possibly, I got it in November. I think I only had a couple weeks before, after it came out. And, uh, so in 1999, I was playing Dreamcast that entire year, Mm -hmm. uh, unlike a lot of people. I play so I played a whole lot of uh, that Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Adventure. Yeah, Sonic Adventure the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> Sonic the Adventure. And I, I actually played Pen Pen Tri Isolon because I liked it, and I tried to play Sengoku Tour, but god darn, I, my Japanese was not good enough to understand what was happening, and so, especially because they spoke in a nonsense language, but you could read it, and my reading comprehension was the worst at the time. Nice. So uh, that that didn't really that really didn't go down for me, mm-hmm. and I played this this uh, visual novel called Kitae, meaning to the north, and uh, 
I was trying to play through it because I heard that there was this shooting game inside of it, and it was an NEC game, and I, I loved the PC Engine all of the time, and it was an NEC game that had a shooting game in it. And yeah. so for me, that was like, I need to get to this, and I... Man, I never did. I, someday I should revisit that childhood dream. That, so I did them things, mm-hmm. and I definitely also played through Panzer Dragoon Saga again uh, at, that, at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think I that was my final. I might as well repurchase a PlayStation time because I I bought and sold PlayStation console, the PlayStation console three times and then I, I ultimately owned one after that but PlayStation ruled I bought one and I didn't like it I got rid of it for the same amount of money that I purchased it for but then my friend didn't want his anymore and I bought his but then I got rid of it and then someone else didn't want theirs and I bought theirs so then I finally had a PlayStation again but I had never sold the games I just sold the the console so uh, I don't remember what I played oh I played I think I played Toeball number one mm-hmm. and uh, yes. and Einhander in 1999. Uh, both Square Enix games, curiously enough. Well, uh, my 1999. Although no, none of those none of those games that I mentioned came out in 1999. Just it's okay. That is true. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do much worse than you. I did not. I I do not recall playing a a current or even a console game. Uh, in 1999. <laughs> well, that's sort of true. Not untrue. Uh, in 1999, I think exclusively the only stuff I played, uh, with the possible exception of... I might have purchased Grim Fandango in 1999. GFT. But uh, almost exclusively, I played emulators. Uh, this nice. is right when I got my first computer. Oh, yeah. And this, Man, is, this is right when I started emulating stuff. I just, I just want to say as an aside, I remember thinking, why would you, ne- why would you not use the Super Eagle filter because it makes everything look better? <laughs> That's what I thought. Nice. That was great. Okay, Lame. keep going. Sorry. Um, so I was uh, playing, you know, NES and Genesis and Super Nintendo uh, stuff, mostly NES, but also in 1999 was. Uh, Sort of the the beginning of me as as an as an archivist of sorts for video games. Uh, I was running a ROM site uh, in 1999, oh. but not just you know a ROM site of ROMs on the internet. I was finding new stuff and and dumping it and putting it online in 1999. You were a pirate. I was I was causing piracy to happen. Uh, I believe 99 was when we dumped the last uh, American NES game. Which was, that wasn't dumped at the time, mm-hmm. which was uh, Super Spike V-Ball and something else on a combo card. I forget what it was called. Nice. Um, I believe that's also when we dumped Rodland, which was the uh, last European game that didn't have a ROM online. It didn't come out here. And uh, I think by that point, I had started moving into the Taiwanese porno games mm. that so hot. Uh, weren't around. And that was uh, that was difficult to do because... The, the circuit boards that those ran on weren't emulated yet, so I had to send them out to my friend Kevin Horton, who's uh, still around doing that sort of thing. God bless him. Uh, so that was my 99. You know, I recall that I also purchased <clears throat> what... I don't think it, it... Oh, no, it was definitely not, not my last import game purchased in an American store, but pretty close... Um, I bought Puyo Puyon, the, the, which, a.k.a. Puyo Puyo 4, for the Dreamcast, and I played the heck out of that when I first got to college, uh, which I also started to have happen in 1999. I brought my Dreamcast there, and there was only one other guy who had a Dreamcast, and that was Vincent Diamante, with whom I, know that guy. I started Vince, insert credit. Vincent Credit. Vincent Credit. <laughs> How have I never Vincent. said Vincent credit ever in my I life? said I, I said Vincent credit to him the time I, the day I first met him. Yeah, I said you should sense. call the website Vincent credit. I thought it was a good joke then, and I still think it's good now. Uh, and that, and we we met over playing Puyo Puyo for Puyo Puyon because he was a regional champion in Maryland, and I had played it a lot, and he hadn't played it recently. And then I beat him, and then he got mad. And then he's like, "Give me a week. I'm going to train." Then he trained, and then he came back and beat me, and was a super big jerk about it. He was a huge jerk about it. He would set up a combo, and uh, and then put his controller 
on the ground and say, Controller is down because he knew he was going to beat me. It was mean. Nice. But then we became friends. All right, Sam, what was your 1999 like? Mostly I just played emulators. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm the only one who played real things. I guess I'm... No, no, I mean... well, I I supported the video game industry all by myself. Whoa, whoa. I'm I'm talking about something else. You you supported the uh, buying uh, Dreamcast in Japan, not buying one in America. I supported the Japanese Mm -hmm. game industry. Yeah, and uh, you could have supported the Japanese game industry a little bit more by buying the Dreamcast in America and... Helping them continue. <laughs> well, you, you got there eventually. No, it actually did much better in the U.S. than it did in Japan. It did, but you could have... You had to push it over the line. Um, I bought a Dreamcast in 1999. Uh, yeah. Duh. American? Yeah, an American one. But like, delay. I bought American, god darn. How close to the release date did you buy it? Bought it on the release date. So on 9 Yeah. Yeah. And I had that. Sonic uh, Adventure, and I had Soul... Kaliber. Soul Calibur. And I had two controllers, mm-hmm. and we played Soul Calibur in my college dorm, and uh, we were all playing it, and everybody was like, heck yeah, yo. Man, those graphics, I still remember what it's like to be impressed by those graphics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was such it a was, leap. It was bizarre to look at, because it's like, wow, these graphics are good. Well, yeah. I had a real moment walking by... Uh, Whatever the the mall store was that had video games was that Babbage's or something? Babbage's, yeah, Babbage's, yeah. Um, named after Charles Babbage. And they had a TV on uh, facing out the glass when as you yeah. There's always the, the TV, yeah. And and I, I, I walked by and I was like, why are they why are they broadcasting a football game at this store? Nice. <laughs> and, and then I kind of stopped and looked at it for a minute and was like, oh my god, it's <laughs> NFL 2K. That's a video game. It's that 2K. Yeah. It was that 2K. I mean, you look at right it now there. and you'll laugh at me and call me an idiot, but at the time, yeah, I get it, it. looked real. So this this talking about 1999 reality was different back then. It's true. Reality oh. was very oh, it was very very low polygon. <laughs> reality was much lower resolution back in 1999. <laughs> it was nuts. So yeah, talking about 1999 is kind of reminding me of the, just the whole thing talking about the video game maps and the. Uh, so when I'm saying there were these awesome Super Nintendo games on the PlayStation, that was in like 96, 97, 98. Yeah. 99, stuff was growing in weird places. It was like puberty for video games. Yeah. So I looked at a list earlier today, the Wikipedia list, 1999 in video games, and man, there was some weird stuff. Man, there was a lot of not good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of there was, uh, in-between stuff. Legend of Dragoon came out. I actually like Legend of Dragoon a lot. I think it's a cool game, but yeah, there's a lot of that, a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Final Fantasy VIII came out in '99, which uh, I guess I had a good time with. But yeah, I played, I bought Final Fantasy VIII new, played that in the dorm, had a good time in that dorm. Uh, uh, yeah, and Soul Calibur, and but I did play a whole lot of ROMs where I played, uh, I played through Japanese Final Fantasy II, which was really hard. I also played my first. PC game, sort of two times. Um, I I believe it was 1999, though it could have been 1998, when at my mom's house <coughs> I swapped out our uh, 286 processor for a 386 processor. Ooh. And then I tried to play this Punisher game that I bought at the thrift store and it didn't work. Uh, no, it did. It kind of worked. And I was able to play it a little bit, but I didn't have a controller. Looks like it punished you. Yes. <laughs> but then I purchased my first... That was when I had my first actual computer that was mine, uh, because I needed to have one for being in college. And I had my friend make me build me one. Um, that was when I learned how to build a tower PC, which I can still do. Um, but I played that... Friggin' Star Wars Pod Racer game because nice. my friend had it in the dorm, like the first sar- pseudo friend that I made there. Proto friend is really what he mm-hmm. was. Um, and he had that that Pod Racer. And back then, you could he you could just he like he had a bunch of CDs and he's like, I'll just copy it for you. And I played it and I didn't like it that much. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. <clears throat> but I actually had a controller. It was like one of those. What do they call them? Boomerangs? Like the Microsoft Sidewinder or something? Yeah. Yeah, Sidewinder. That's a yeah. truly awful controller. Yeah, so I had a yeah. Sidewinder, and I was like, boy, it's, just, it's too bad they don't make good controllers for PC. Yeah. Oh, I, I played, remember that with the emulators, though, yeah. I played emulators with the... I, I played mostly RPGs on emulators. I played with the keyboard. Yeah. And I had a Super Mario control scheme, QWE. Uh, so, uh, yeah. 
Q and W were left and right, and then you have O and P oh, for, uh, mm-hmm. run. And you can actually play it really... I can, I can beat Super Mario 3 on a keyboard. It's not hard. Super uh, I mean, it's actually really nice and easy. And that's, I mean... Uh, if you played fighting games on a keyboard, you could learn uh, how to. You can do a fireball motion really fast. That's how they invented that hitbox controller, which is it's based on people who learn how to play on a keyboard. So keyboards were cool. Uh, I also played Quake Three in 1999, and I played a lot of Doom Two in 1999 because dudes in the dorm all had it. Dorm Two. Dorm Two. Dorm dorm two. two. Yeah. Uh, the, a lot of guys in the dorm had it, and we were on that super crazy fast land. Yeah. And uh, T land. Yeah, that was real sweet. So we got to play lots of Doom and lots of Quake, and I played those games the most. I also played Descent seriously in the 1999. Game was <laughs> Man. End broadcast. Good night. I love Descent. The end. Boom. Eat it. It's over. Mm hmm. Also, Descent. three controllers. I, it wasn't in 1999, it was in 2000, but it's similar. Um, that I learned that there were good controllers, and they were called Gravis Grips. Oh, the Gravis Grips. And, I remember uh, those. They were super good for your, uh, for your fighting games that you play on the PC, like Queen of Heart 99. Oh, QOHN. played 99. all the time in my friends. Town. So, in. In closing, Game of the Year 1999 was uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Yeah. So, that's all right. Cool. I had a good time with Descent. So, this this podcast title could be Decent Tender Hovering Care. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it could. All right, Brandon, Uh, did you have another question? Sure, I do. Another cue? But my question is so normal. But it's okay. that's good. We can have a normal one. Just do weird. Um, Be weird with it. That's all. So, it was... uh, this This is one that I had written down... When we started doing these, but it's uh, it was inspired by the fact that I was watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, which when I went to Asia for a month and a half, I completely forgot that I was doing because Star Trek: The Next Generation because ne- next <laughs> Netflix doesn't exist there anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> their main mission is to explore unexplored worlds, right? That's, that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Seek out strange. But then every life. episode, it's like something where they're getting stymied from that, and what they wind up doing is solving someone else's problem, mm. or uh, getting into a fight with somebody, or trying not to get into a fight with somebody. Yeah. That's that's mostly what we see when we watch the thing, and that reminded me totally of my experience playing a game like Uncharted, where. I, I the first the first fifteen minutes of the first Uncharted, I was like, I'm having experience, I'm 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 going around and exploring a thing. This is great, and then the rest of the game is just shooting. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> what what is the right balance of exploration and shooting? Because you got too much just pure exploration, it's going to get kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And you got just shooting. Well, you got basically a shooting game, and like I wouldn't call. Uncharted an exploration game per se. So, yeah, yeah. So, so what's 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 your balance? Well, so those guys who did The Last of Us uh, are now the, the the two directors of The Last of Us are now the directors of the new Uncharted. So yeah. I would say they're really going to put the put the art back in Uncharted. <laughs> uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, I think The Last of Us is a really good balance of maybe not exploring. "Quote unquote," but uh, of I'm hanging out in a in a place that has a almost occasionally crushingly overwhelming sense of place, but it's also that we're having an action game every once in a while. I like that game. I like having it, you know, just a slightly different courses of different meals, kind of just coming down the conveyor belt at you. So that's what I like. All right, I feel like the the right balance of adventure game, I mean, of exploration game, has not yet been made for me. Yeah. Uh, because I think that I want mostly exploring with sometimes action. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes puzzle, but but not very frequent. Okay. But I feel like I feel like I, the conventional wisdom is that will not sell. And I don't know if it's true anymore, it, especially if you did it in a some kind of a small contained experience like gone homeish way mm-hmm. uh, but not gone home because I I do need I, I do want some 
action in my Explorer, yeah. and I want to, you know, I want to be you in wanna, the Mayan. You want to feel like somebody cool. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna talk about what I was gonna talk about because it ties in so nicely to this. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, which is that I've, I've said this before. Uh, whenever I whenever I look at Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, um, I feel like this grid-based world where you're just sort of defining the properties of each square and and what you know whether you can walk on them or talk to them or hit them or whatever like it just seems to me like the kind of format that you can do just about anything in fairly cheaply and easily yeah and um so i was recently playing survival kids for the first time yeah. which is kind of a similar game in structure right <clears throat> which is grid-based each tile has a property Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a tree. You can't walk through it, but you can chop it if you have that item, right? Yeah. Or like, this is a campfire. You can walk over it. You can light a fire on it. You can cook on the fire. Um, but it had me also thinking, Brandon, about like I need something more than just walking around and talking to people. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I like the most. Um, and well, you can't do the thing you like the most all the time, right. or else it gets boring. So like. I don't think it's necessarily action and killing people that has to be the activity. Yeah. I think it has to be some sense of tactile sensation. Yeah. Tactile sensation slash uh, your brain is feeling sweaty. Yes. Your brain is uh, doing is sweating. So I played all the way through the video game Watch Dogs this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all joking aside about that, how dumb that game is... Uh, it is. It sure is uh, a, a multi-billion-dollar company spending a hundred million dollars on a video game that is only like thirty percent action, and most of the game is you're just kind of existing in these stupid places and listening to people's phone calls and stuff. And it's like Watch Dogs. I was really hyper. Like toward the end of that game, I was really optimistic about just video games in general. I'm like, man, if they're spending a hundred million dollars on something like this, it's coming. You know, good games are coming. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like you're talking about wanting the right mix of exploration and and uh, you know just hanging out. Let's just say hanging yeah, out. Yeah, the word in my head is inhabitation. Yeah, yeah, inhabiting, inhabitation. Yeah. So you want the right mix of that and uh, brain sweatiness. And it's like uh, greasy brain. Uh, so, so yeah. I guess it's 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 a little different for me because I want to actually be. I want to poking around. I want to be poking around. I want to yeah. be tomb raidering in the way that I would like to tomb raider. Yeah. So, uh, and again, it's not a very broad spectrum, but in The Last of Us, there's a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of there's this big old situation that I have to deal with, and there's what feel like a hundred different ways to do it. Now, they're all pretty closely linked, and there's dynamite wrong ways, but there's no, like, dynamite right way. Now, Watch Dogs was, to me, just really interesting because they give you uh, all these challenges where you can solve a whole dungeon. Like a dungeon. Like, dungeons are office buildings or whatever. There's an office building you've got to get inside of, and there's hundreds of armed guards, and there's a computer in the basement that has a file in it. And you can get in there and get the file out of the computer without even getting within like a block of the building. That sort of thing's neat because you're it's stupid because you're do, using unrealistic technology to hack a security camera that you can then hack somebody's phone to hack another security camera. But you're solving this giant slippery puzzle, and at the same time you're just kind of walking around in the neighborhood outside yeah. doing all this stuff and. It's not 100% there, but it's like you you could just run in and shoot everybody. Yeah. Or you could uh, hack a couple of things, open a door on the side, go in and sneak around, hack some more stuff, kill a couple guys. There's like literally a thousand ways to do it. Like literally, because you can combine a little bit from each column. So uh, ultimately what I'm saying is the best game for that sort of hang out and uh, poke around, but... You're on the time limit of action. Like there's like a fail state that's constantly hovering above you. Is Valkyria Chronicles because uh, that game is dungeons that are also towns that are also battles that you can just have a weird time 
doing weird stuff in. There's a little and too much pressure in that one. There is, yeah. There's, I would say there's a ton of pressure in it. Yeah. yeah. But you can still have a weird time and hang out in the levels. But you're, you know, obviously gonna. Yeah, I, I, I do lose. tend to. But yeah, you, 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 yeah, have a, you'd have a losingness. Like I, I, th- I feel like not many people even want to make the game that I want to make that I want to play. Really. Yeah. And I. I can't imagine someone spending millions of dollars on it, but it's it's really like the thing that I want is to be, you know, I want to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, finding cool stuff. I want to feel. I want the video game to trick me into feeling like I found it myself. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to mostly be shooting. I only want to do that occasionally. In situations where, like, you know, I've got, let's say, <clears throat> a rival who's trying to get the thing at the same time as me. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to, like, one of us had, we, like, we we're both, like, shooting at a thing in order to make it fall on our side of a deal so that we can get it. Or, like, I got to lay a trap for that guy to slow him down or something like that. Like, those are, those are the kinds of moments and scenarios that I would like to have in an exploration game because I really... There's something compelling about feeling like you're discovering something old and that you don't understand, but which you probably could if you spent more time there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I like it in the sci-fi sense, too, but that, that older thing is particularly compelling to me, and it would, it would be lovely to... And that's, that's why Uncharted just was the, the huge bait-and-switch for me. Yeah, feeling your guy's got a little notebook that you can pop open and flip through, and it's cool that it's all a hand-drawn notebook that <clears throat> yeah. is like just stuff that's in order. You can read the whole notebook whenever you want, but when you need it, you just flip it open, and he's got the solution to the puzzle just written yeah. down. Yeah, he's and just that's got all it. the puzzles in the it's, game. It's just like, I wonder what do I do here? Oh, he's done his research. I researched something like this. Yeah, you know, he's not—he's not researching now. He's kicking butt. Yeah, you know, so he's got his research in his little notebook. So anyway, what I played because uh, so I played The Last of Us a couple of times, and I really like it. And those dudes, that whole team being in charge of the new Uncharted, I feel like, man, they did spend over a hundred million dollars on The Last of Us, and a lot of it is not shooting. A lot of it is uh, look for the ladder in the tall grass yeah. and pick it up and lean it against a building, which is is uh, exploration kind of fun, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, it is because you got to find it, uh, and then you got to carry it over there. And people made fun of it for that, but it's like you know, there's a couple of parts where you got to do some tricks with the ladder, and you got to like put it here and then go over there and then get it and retrieve every it. Every time it's just like, okay, go find the ladder. I'm going to animate over here like I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta find the ladder. Yeah, well, this well there's, there's, there's pretty good reasons to be like, you find the ladder, I'm gonna stand here with my gun in case anybody sure. comes yeah. by. It's like, okay. So it's like one of us is doing the ladder and it's always the player. It's always the last of us. Yeah, it's the, there's, there's only, there aren't enough of us. But I would say those dudes did that game are probably ready to do something a little bit more weird with Uncharted. Yeah, but they, a but, little tiny bit more. Yeah, a little tiny bit, but but okay, they, little, they focus so much on the multiplayer shooting of that yeah. at this point. They can't take that away on account of because people like it now. Yeah. Also, Uncharted uh, just feels too scripted to me to feel like I'm... Yeah, okay. yeah it, it sure does, but it's like... I don't know. I think they... What if the next one was unscripted? So I feel, I feel like Uncharted... Four or whatever it's called is going to have a little bit more. This is the one where the boss is Rand McNally, right? Yeah, Rand McNally. He's trying to find the guy. Oh man, Rand McNally. So I feel like there's going to be a little bit more looking around in it, and then they're going to make another Last of Us like game that's way more, and then they're just going to keep kind of ping pong in it. Really but I feel see. like examples like the Last of Oh Grand Theft Auto now. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you've paid attention to Grand Theft Auto, but no. the missions have gotten far more elaborate in those games. I don't think elaborate and, uh, is what I desire. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. But but the missions have gotten elaborate to a point where some of them are like more than an hour long, and they require planning and looking around and thinking before you start the proper thing. So there's elements of this... Uh, I mean, what I'm saying is the experience you want is obviously something that a lot of AAA game designers want as well. Yes, It's just definitely. how do you teach 
the mainstream audience to want that. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean... More Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I hate to give any <laughs> praise at all to, to Ubisoft, but those Assassin's Creed games and that Watch Dogs yeah. are trying real hard mm-hmm. to... Well, first of all, what, they're, what the end result is they make people feel like they're having... Uh, a really clever experience because they're doing all this crap. Uh, you're doing all this in the world stuff. You're inhabiting the world. They make people, you know, they're doing the whole Zelda thing of make you feel like you're smarter than you are. And my my conclusion here would be, uh, Brandon, you should play that Zelda on the 3DS because it's got a lot of poking around. Man, I watched I watched the guy do a, a of poking around a speed run of it. And it oh, went. don't what? What you should play the game. Maybe I will. Don't watch it. Speed not the game. I don't know. No, it, it spoils some stuff. It was fun to... Well, he was doing all kinds of nonsense. Glitch stuff? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, yeah he, he did it in like 20 minutes or something. Cool. 25 minutes. Glitch in the heck out of it. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it was now. I don't remember. Anyway, it was it was in that it was in that speed run uh, dealie. Speed you, run dealie. Speed run dealie, what they had. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I think we did it, though. I think we're done. That seems like a whole that's a show. Little, yep, that's a show. Ended up with like, what is that, 300 so, some viewers? Uh, next week, episode 100 of the Insert Credit Show. That's pretty a lot of episodes. Pretty yeah. lot. Pretty a lot. Pretty a lot. <laughs> but uh, good to have you home, Brandon Sheffield. Thanks. Yeah. It's nice to be back. I can eat beans and cheese now. Yeah. Oh, I have a good, I have a good uh, final question. Which takes about one second to answer. Yeah. What is the next uh, video game you think you're going to play? Like, literally, the next game you're going to play. Oh, God. I'm going to play Drive Club before I go to bed. I'm just going to get on there and play it. Man, I, I, don't, w- I don't want this. I think the, the, like, the, real, the real answer is the next video game I'm going to play is probably I'm going to play a round of Letterpress now that I'm back in America. There you and, go. And my mom started up a game of Letterpress. Letterpress with me again. Uh, my answer has to be an admission of piracy. Uh, the next game I'm going to play is the the menu on my uh, Game Boy slash Game Boy Color flashcard. Oh yeah. As I explore weird games. All right. Okay. That's, so, it. Uh, that's it. That's credit show. That's it. See us on uh, Facebook uh, slash IC Podcast. Oh. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. Uh, good night, everybody. I'm one zero eight. He's no, you can find it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, also, Deadly Premonition is two dollars forty nine cents on Steam uh, right now for just it. two days. Get that. Uh, it's the I director's cut. Get the, the unofficial hacks that make it playable. Yeah, oh, that. it's it's the director's cut, which has the even easier difficulty. Uh, it's in sixty fps and it's in ten eighty p. So oh, do they fix it? No, I don't think they fixed it. You no, still, they still need the stuff. Yeah. Oh, so there's unofficial mods. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get get the mods. Whatever. I uh, yeah. Two forty nine, god darn. No, just in time for Halloween. Oh. Just in time, two forty nine. Yeah, that's the one. This has been Tender Hovering Care. Good Insert night. Credit Podcast, good night. Insert credit show. Over, yeah!